What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. Today, in honor of Fauci's last day, which was last Saturday, we are going to revisit some of Fauci's greatest hits. We are also going to go decades back in time to understand how Fauci was so successful at brainwashing basically, what, three quarters of the world, how the media pulled off that psyop so easily on the citizens of the world. If you have a bit of understanding on how these psychopaths knew exactly what to do and what to say to get people to comply to this insanity, we're going to try to answer those questions today. But before we get into all that, we need to revisit Fauci and his greatest hits. Now, you may remember great hits such as Fauci lets sandflies eat the face off of beagle puppies or experimenting on billions of people throughout the world so he can make a buck from Moderna stock. And the one I'm going to kind of talk about in depth today is when Fauci experimented on orphan children of color in New York City with a cancer drug called AZT. I'm not even fucking around with you. He literally experimented on minority orphans that had AIDS and he had put a lot of federal money into AZT. So I guess he was trying to get more bang from his buck. So let me take you back and tell you all about this psychopath experimenting on orphan children. For this little gem, we have to go back to 1992. That is when Black and Hispanic orphans at the New York's Incarnation Children's Center, ICC, started testing AIDS drugs on orphan children. This was all done under Dr. Ann Gershon, and it was funded by the National Institute of Health, which was headed by Fauci. Shocking, right? So the ICC began testing drugs on its orphan population in 1992, which is the same year they became a subsidiary of the Columbia University's Pediatric AIDS Clinical Trial Unit. The trials were implemented and overseen by a committee headed at ICC by Dr. Stephen Nichols. Dr. Nichols left ICC in the late 90s and went on to become chief of the Department of Pediatrics at Harlem Hospital. So I'm getting this information from an investigative journalist who actually went undercover to break this story open. That investigative journalist's name is Liam Sheff. The original article is called The House That AIDS Built, and it was first run on IndieMedia.org. So go check that out because it's absolutely fucking mind-blowing. And you need to do your own research because I'm just going to tell you the basics of it. But if you know how far and how dirty these motherfuckers were, you would probably go burn these fucking organizations down. But since I'm not trying to incite any violence against anyone, do your own research and you decide what you gotta do. The drug I'm mostly gonna focus on is AZT. And it was used in the ICC trials. Apparently at this point, it had been approved for use in adults and evidenced life-threatening and fatal toxicities were associated with its use. So a lot of people are wondering, why would you even test a drug with severe recorded toxicities in a population of literal fucking orphan children? It wasn't just black and Mexican. It was low-income, poor kids, literal orphans, you guys. So these megalomaniacs took this opportunity to fucking test out 
cancer drug, AZT, on children suffering from AIDS. As I'm sure you can imagine, the ICC's orphans were basically at the bottom of the American class system. Often the children of drug users, they were born into ill health and poverty. Additionally, these children, because of their HIV status, were written off as a loss by the medical authority before they even got a chance to live. At the time, AIDS doctors claim with unquestionable authority, because you can't question the science, you can't question Fauci, that without drugs like AZT, HIV positivity is always a terminal condition, even though HIV testing is a flawed art. And that's not even a conspiracy theory. You look up fucking AIDS testing and you look for yourself if they have a specific test for the AIDS virus. They don't. Now, a lot of this is going to sound like the exact excuses and the modus operandi that happened with the Kabobo shit. Like Fauci basically claiming that AZT is the cure and anything else is lunacy. You can't take horse dewormer, you crazy conspiracy theorists. It was all just basically a the same song as dance, just a different fucking decade and different victims. Dr. Jonathan Fishbane of the NIH AIDS Clinical Trials Division actually wrote an official request to Daniel Levinson. He was the Inspector General of the Department of Health and Human Services, and he was demanding accountability. Dr. Fishbane told the investigative reporter Liam Schiff that the HHS has not been policing their work. They have not been accountable for the money that's been handed out. He continued, there needs to be an independent objective review of the medical records of every foster child that has been put into the government-funded AIDS clinical trials. As this was all happening, it wasn't like the public had no fucking clue what was happening. Because the black civil rights groups like New York City's December 12th movement staged multiple protests throughout the winter and spring at ICC and who were circling around the bigger question of reliability of the HIV testing and allowable toxicities of standard drugs used in AIDS care. Now, of course, as you can imagine, the mainstream media rarely ever reported on these groups protesting the ICC's toxic AIDS clinical trials on these orphans. And while we're talking about the mainstream media, they like to paint AZT as a life-saving AIDS drug. That just absolutely went in the face of the clinical trials that had been conducted on AZT. In 1987, the New England Journal of Medicine reported that anemia, which is a loss of red blood cells, developed in 24% of AZT recipients and 4% of placebo recipients. They added that 21% of AZT recipients required multiple red cell transfusions versus 4% of the placebo patients. There's study after study that showed how absolutely toxic AZT was. But for some reason, these psychopaths wanted to experiment on orphans. In 1999, the journal AIDS reported that children born to AZT-treated mothers, quote, are more likely to have a rapid course of HIV-1 infection compared with children born to untreated mothers as disease progression and immunological deterioration are significantly more rapid, and the risk of death is actually increased during the first three years of life. It really makes you wonder how and why Fauci and the NIH were even allowed to get away with this behavior with AZT. 
because at the time there had been plenty of studies showing how extremely toxic this shit was to your liver. It caused heart attacks, but good old Anthony Fauci got a deal with the makers of AZD, Burroughs Welcome, and sold the drug at $8,000 per patient per year that the federal government subsidized. That made Burrow Wells extremely wealthy. And I guarantee you Fauci was getting kickbacks just like he is today with Pfizer and Moderna. So that's how the whole AZT thing came about. And it's just one of many crimes against humanity committed by Fauci. I don't understand how this motherfucker has been allowed to do this shit. Let the body stack with bad medical advice and downright fucking dangerous medical advice for decades, like the 80s. I am from the Bay Area. I grew up next to San Francisco. So the whole AIDS epidemic was very right there in our faces. We saw people dying of AIDS and we saw the protests of gay men telling Fauci that he was killing them. They've made a movie about it. It's called The Dallas Buyers Club. Go watch it if you want some Hollywoodized version of it, but it's basically what happened. Fauci was getting rich, and he was making his crony friends at the AZT company rich, just like he did with Pfizer and Moderna. Moving on to another one of Fauci's greatest hits, we are going to talk about the experiment funded by Fauci, the NIH, and the NIAID, where they allowed 44 beagle puppies to be used in an extremely cruel experiment in a Tanzania laboratory. The dogs allegedly had their vocal cords removed to muzzle their barking. Investigators have shown that Fauci's NIH shipped part of a $375,800 grant to this lab in Tanzania to drug beagles and lock their heads in mesh cages filled with hungry sandflies so that the insects could eat them alive. And this was like in the news for a fucking heartbeat last year, but everyone forgot about it because Ukraine, you know. Another part of this experiment was when Fauci had these fucking mad scientists lock beagles alone in cages in the desert overnight for nine consecutive nights to use them as bait to attract infectious sandflies. The NIAID spent $1.68 million in taxpayer money on these experiments. And this is according to documents obtained by the nonprofit organization white coat waste project and this is not a conspiracy theory guys this is fucking that this shit was actually talked about for a heartbeat in the mainstream media and then went away what kind of a psychopath would ever think something like that is cool to do like were these researchers the fucking mad scientists who needed shot callers were they not moved by literal beagle puppies being eaten alive i don't know how anybody with a soul could allow that shit to happen. But it did happen. It's happening probably right now somewhere being funded by our taxpayer money. And that brings us up to Fauci's latest greatest hit, poisoning half the fucking world's population with a bioweapon kabobo jab. Now, most of you are paying attention, so I don't have to go into the whole song and dance about what Fauci has done to poison millions of people across the world. Shit, probably billions of people. You guys have lived it. You lived it just as I lived it. 
But what I'm going to kind of do is help you guys understand how this was all pulled off. Like, how did these megalomaniacs know what to have the media say to make people so fearful? How did this all start? Well, in my opinion, it started with Tavistock. Now, a little side note about Tavistock before we get into this fucking rabbit hole. I had thought about and I wanted to do an episode on Tavistock for a couple of years, but it is such a deep rabbit hole that I can make a fucking 17 part four hour per episode podcast on these motherfuckers and you still want to get the entire story. So like with everything I tell you, look into this shit yourself, go down the rabbit hole for yourself, because I'm just going to be able to cover the basics of what these megalomaniacs have been doing for decades. So sit back and get ready for this. We are going to start this off with the lovely plain fucking vanilla Wikipedia entry for the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations. According to the completely compromised and owned Wikipedia, Travis Stock Institute of Human Relations is a British not-for-profit organization that applies social science to contemporary issues and problems. It was initiated in 1946 when it developed from the Tavistock Clinic and was formally established as a separate entity in September 1947. The Tavistock Clinic started way before this. Think World War I time because a lot of people think the Tavistock Clinic is what is responsible for convincing many Americans that they should get involved in World War I. Many people think of Tavistocking as almost being synonymous with, quote, program behavior modification and the creation of popular cultural trends. The program is under Special Intelligence Service Branch of MI6 and led to the Office of Naval Intelligence and the CIA's infamous mind control program under Dr. Gottlieb, MK Ultra. The effects are not relegated to just a few victims of horrifically cruel programs or people who did their sensitivity training through Eslin and got hooked into following programs headed by intelligence agencies. One of the main villains in Tavistock is a man named Edward Bernays, who was Freud's conniving nephew, and he literally created, quote, public relations. There was another key member of the controlling class. It was celebrated journalist Walter Lippmann. They teamed up to create the invisible government which functioned as a mold for public opinion. As Bernays explained, their intense methods of propaganda are undeniable and it's used in most developed nations. These psychopaths started back in 1921. It was when a fucking British noble dude decided to donate a building to study the effects of shell shock on the unfortunate soldiers in World War One, whose lives were all fucked up. Have you guys seen those videos of these fucking just destroyed humans? Their minds are shattered. They shake and just all kinds of fucked up shit. There's videos on the internet. Just look up shell shock if you want to be absolutely disturbed to your core. Now, the Rockefellers and Rothschilds pitched in with some funding because, of course, they did. They not only tried to help the soldiers, but... They studied their breaking point and how to use that knowledge. For example, they didn't want them to talk under torture. Keeping secret information secret was paramount, making people want to keep it secret or, in fact, to want anything Tavistock desired was a requirement. 
Now, one of their main programs was mind control through destabilization. One methodology they uncovered involved keeping people traumatized, such as we experience if we watch the nightly news. What we experience daily is something like the psychic driving that Ewan Cameron eventually used in Canada, repeating shocking events that tear us down. Sound familiar? Like, oh, I don't know, the nightly news repeating these fucking fabricated numbers of all these people dropping dead from Kyobobo? To know the ins and outs of waging and countering psychological warfare, they experimented on people domestically to learn what the limits are, how people behave, and what would make them break down if they were captured, if too much was asked of them on the front, if they were told lies, or their confidence undermined. Strangely, they wanted to learn how to create fascism and apply it within the United States. In 1932, psychiatrist Kurt Lewin from Germany took over as director of Tavistock Clinic. Then he went to America to set up the Harvard Psychological Clinic. And uh, that sounds a little familiar to anyone. That is where Timothy Leary and Richard Alpert, a.k.a. Ram Das, would do their thing with the whole LSD psychedelic situation. Yeah. I'm sure it's just a big old co-winky-dink. According to the book Time, Perspective, and Moral by Kurt Lewin, the fucking German, he says to undermine a group you want to control, keep them uncertain about their status. Switching between hope and fear, kindness and cruelty, intermixed with contradictory orders and information. Now, the Tavistock model joined forces during World War II with the Rockefeller Foundation to experiment with psychotropic substances. They literally created different priesthood and occult practices, which they claimed it was to keep up with the Nazis because you know how the Nazis had their whole obsession with the occult during World War II. It said they employed Enochian magic in practice as an espionage tool and propellant for empiricism since the Elizabethan era. And I have read a bunch of different declassified CIA docs where the CIA is delving into crazy shit that you would not think the CIA is into. You know, like uh, astral projection or remote viewing, situations like that. That shit is just the tip of the iceberg. And that's just what we know about because the CIA destroyed something like 95% of their documents on the whole MK Ultra thing. So you got to think of what else was destroyed and what else would never even had a report because it was too fucked up. In 1947, Tavistock took control of the World Federation of Mental Health, and it started putting out the journals Human Relations and Evaluation and researches such topics as economics, organizational behavior, and sociology. During the Korean War, starting in 1950, Tavistock methods of mind control were employed on soldiers too, among other things, prevent them from breaking down if detained as prisoners of war. The Tavistock Institute is connected to the Stanford Research Institute and other organizations, including the RAND Corp. And there's a bunch of other ones. So like I said at the beginning, dig into this rabbit hole because I don't have time to list all of the organizations. Uh, today, Tavistock is still around. They have a multi-billion dollar yearly budget to do their fucking meddling with people's minds. And I guarantee you the mainstream media and Fauci little cronies and the quote unquote powers that be, they've employed these tactics developed and perfected by Tavistock to know exactly how to keep people fearful 
And that, like we've all seen, makes these people extremely easy to direct. I remember being a kid back in the day in school, learning about the Nazis and all the shit they did. And I always wondered, like, how did the fucking just normal people allow this crazy shit to happen? What the fuck were they thinking? Well, now that I've literally lived through basically the brainwashing of humanity, I see how extremely easy it is to completely brainwash a mass population. So I don't know why certain people were just able to be brainwashed so easily, why some people didn't buy the bullshit from the start. I don't know what the difference is, but maybe we need to start our own organization to figure out exactly what that difference is and maybe game up these fucking NPCs that buy into the bullshit so they have some type of resistance to this brainwashing. So I don't know if, if any of you smart motherfuckers are out there, get, get going on that because people need this shit. They are getting what booster number 957 they're totally cool with sending billions of dollars to fucking Zelensky all because the mainstream media told them it was okay so this is just gonna get worse it's gonna get darker the psychopaths in the new world order have been planning this shit for decades this is not a new plan that just started fucking two years ago it didn't even start 10 years ago this plan has been in action for decades literal decades and there's maybe, what, 3 to 5% of the population that are awake and see the bullshit, and the rest of the NPCs are marching us off a cliff we can never come back from. So we need to think of some sort of defense that we can teach the NPCs so they're not so easily influenced. So I don't know, if you guys have any suggestions, hit me the fuck up, because I don't even know where to begin with it. Moving on to a little bit more current thing was Tavistock. They actually had transgender clinics set up all over Britain for children to transition. Now, apparently, as of six months ago, the NHS decided to shut it down. Now, I don't know if that's all their clinics or just the ones focusing on mutilating fucking children. But as of right now, supposedly, the Travistock gender clinics are shut down. But I don't know how much I buy that shit. Moving on to another aspect of Tavistock, which I honestly don't know if it's more sinister or less sinister or just differently sinister. A lot of people believe that Tavistock was behind the manufactured invention of the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, the Grateful Dead, and basically the birth of rock and roll. Now, the reason why people say this is because people who were shadow managers for, let's say, let's take the, the Grateful Dead, for example. Alan Trist was a social engineer for the Tavistock Institute, and he became the shadow manager of the Grateful Dead. His father, Eric Trist, was one of the principal founding members of Tavistock. Now, the whole point of this, what their goal was, it was part of the development of a dynamic psychological warfare model to be used in foreign and domestic populations modeled ultimately on the Lord Gordon Wrights in London and the Jacobin terror of the French Revolution. The purpose was to mobilize mobs in ideological opposition to the state as a mass destabilization operation. And that actually kind of goes hand in hand with the Timothy Leary shit I was just telling you guys about a few minutes ago. So think of that hippie shit, the Grateful Dead, LSD, fucking grow your hair long, revolt against the state, be a rebel, all that shit. They're saying this was all 
thought of and instituted by Tavistock. A lot of the lyrics from the Beatles and covers for the Rolling Stone albums, even their managers or quote-unquote handlers, were all derived from the Tavistock Institute, as is their name for the control of, quote, human behavior. Now, I'm not going to go into all the separate little rabbit holes with the whole music situation, but look into it. A lot of these people that were managing these bands and promoting these bands had direct ties with Tavistock. Now, if you take the time to do research and look into Tavistock as a whole, you can directly see the correlations of their methodology and how everyone was brainwashed so easily in the last two years. It's a lot of fucking reading, but it's extremely interesting. So go check that shit out, guys. It's definitely worth it. While we're on the subject of megalomaniacs and psychopaths that probably need to burn in hell, I'm going to tell you about Dr. Mary Bowden, who almost lost her medical license because she dared to prescribe ivermectin or the ivermectin protocol to be more exact. This doctor actually ended up hiring a private investigator to figure out where the fuck the funding was coming for this organization called quote, no license for disinformation. Where was the money coming for this organization to come after any doctor that dared speak out against these fucking vaccines or say, hey, there's a protocol using ivermectin and zinc and an antibiotic that is actually having excellent results. And information that'll shock absolutely nobody, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation was actually funding these motherfuckers. At the same time, Gates was funding this organization to go after doctors. He was also funding a study done at the University of Washington, which found it ineffective to use ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine in treating COVID. But the study only administered HCQ alone rather than in the specific protocol combining it with zinc and azithromycin. Shocking. I know. Bill Gates fucking stacked the deck. Gates has actually given over half a billion dollars to the University of Washington over the years. He gave $750 million to Oxford for a campaign to vaccinate people in poor countries with AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca's vaccine has now been banned in 18 countries so far over the deaths and severe blood clots it is causing. So all of these psychopaths in the media, the psychopaths that are our quote-unquote health authorities and the billionaires of the fucking world really just got together at Event 201 and probably even other closed-door meetings to figure out how they could subjugate the whole fucking world to implement their whole one-world government, new world order plan. Because like I keep saying, this is not a new plan. This has not been fucking going on for just two years. And it seems like in the last two years, they definitely tried to speed shit up a bit, which cost them, I don't know, maybe 5 million people who saw the bullshit and called them out on it. But as a whole, they got away with so fucking much. They took away so many rights and transferred the wealth from the middle class to the ultra rich. The evidence is out there that the vaccines are fucking dangerous. The evidence is out there that the wealth transfer during the quote-unquote pandemic was obscene. And even right now, during this inflation, it's fucking corporations that are now making a 55% higher profit than before. 
capitalizing on inflation and blaming it just on that when corporate greed has caused different goods and services to skyrocket in price. Now, I'm sure a lot of you remember all of the food processing plants that have burned down mysteriously in the last couple of years. But I found a very interesting article that I'm going to tell you about now. Now, check this shit out, guys. An Israeli-based 3D-printed lab-grown meat company is building the world's largest facility in North Carolina. I know, shocking, right? Now it is all of our food processing plants burning the fuck down over the last couple of years. Make a little bit more sense to you? So it's an Israeli company that specializes in 3D-printed lab-grown meat with non-GMO animal cells. And apparently, it's investing $123 million. And it's going to be located in Wilson County, North Carolina, which will cover a site of 200,000 square feet. The name of this company is, quote, Believer Meats. They're saying once this shit's operational, the 200,000 square foot facility will be the largest cultivated meat production center in the world with the capacity to produce at least 10,000 metric tons of cultivated meat without the need to slaughter a single animal. I'm not sure how they're going to fucking frame this to get the fucking NPCs to go along with eating lab-grown meat. I'm sure they're fucking on it. They probably already worked that problem out. But it all just makes so much more sense now. And Bill Gates is sinking millions and millions of dollars into lab-grown meat companies as well. So these motherfuckers are never going to stop, so neither can we. All right, you guys, that is about it for this week's episode. But before I get out of here, I have to say what's up to our top three downloading states, which are California, Colorado, and Texas. That's what's up, Texas. I'm happy to see you guys in the top three again. If you want any of the documents I talk about or you have a rabbit hole I should check out, send me an email at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com. As far as our international peeps, we have the UK, Canada, Australia, and Italy. Thank you so much, you guys, for listening. I 100% appreciate you guys tuning in every week to see what my crazy ass has to say. <laughs> so let me just give you a little bit of advice before getting out of here. Be aware, and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao. 